Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Samurai Brothers Wrestling. This podcast, episode number seven. Uh, I am John, and I'm here with my brother, Matthew. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about a few things, uh, some events that happened over this past weekend, and uh, talk about uh, um, the upcoming, there's upcoming events that are also going to be going on as we get closer to June, July, August, which is where the real, I guess you could say the the postseason for uh, the freestyle Greco international season is taking place, so uh, things like the world team trials are going to be happening soon. And uh, we're just going to talk about, um, you know, experiences with us going out to some of these postseason tournaments, Matthew. We've got quite a few memories about those, I would think. And um, so from there, so uh, Matthew, I'm going to just kind of get into our first uh, topic of the day, which was, uh, as you remember, we talked about the uh, the – showcase tournament uh sponsored by the united states marine corps that was taking place in uh, cedar falls iowa uh it was uh being run by usa wrestling and this was basically uh an event where the top talent uh the in the country uh for high school and youth could get together uh to uh i guess they call it a showcase and it's to market out their talents to uh you know, uh, universities and, and such. And, uh, so one thing I, I did notice, uh, I'm not going to go too much into the, uh, results, uh, because, uh, the fact, uh, you know, we're, we try to base most of our coverage of, uh, of a wrestling based on, on, uh, California wrestling, because that's where we're, we're based at where we're from. Uh, I did see maybe a few people had signed up uh, for the showcase tournament from California, but I didn't really see anyone was placing unless the uh, club that they were wrestling for is based in California. So, you know, we're not too familiar with that based on, you know, that we're trying to really get back into the game. Um, But Matthew, I think uh, just where, where we're seeing where we're at, you know, I think uh, we, we did see a lot more California uh, wrestlers out at the Virginia beach nationals last week. So do you think this is more just, you know, that, uh, they want to really go to that one. Maybe are they saving themselves for the, for the U S open? Or do you really, do you think that a lot of the, you know, probably the state placers from California, maybe they already have schools that, that, you know, have already contacted them. You know, what, what's the difference in, in California participation in, in this, in the, in the showcase tournament versus the Virginia beach tournament, or the fact that we didn't really see any really big names out this weekend. Well, one thing that's very possible is the fact that the Virginia beach tournament may very well be the more challenging tournament. Uh, it's, it's, that's quite possible. More people may want to do it, but then on the other hand, it's also quite possible that, yeah, there might be saving for the U S open which is a little bit closer. So, and then there might just be the fact that some of them just might not be able to afford to, to go out there. Like we, That's saw, true. we, we did see that there was a 
Baker, huge Bakersfield contingent, but you didn't see too many other schools out there. Well, yeah, and, and probably you're oh. right. You probably all banded together to go out there. Uh, you know, if it was from Bakersfield or if it was from Orange County, we did see some Orange County wrestlers going out there too. But yeah, you, you're probably right in that two weekends in a row would be a very difficult one. But um, as we correctly predicted, people that were going to go to the Virginia Beach tournament did not go to the showcase tournament. Yeah, and that's just one of those things where, yeah, I think you just have to pick and choose your battles. Um, you know, they could have gone, but I think the reality is, you know, you've been cutting weight the entire season, and then you just did the, you know, you they, they, they had, you know, some time down from state from their various state tournaments and then they did this and then they're just like you know I, I i don't think they're really in the um you know the capacity they're not really at this point probably not interested in having to constantly cut weight so well we do know for one thing is that um there are also california open uh, tournaments that have been going on there was one uh, a few weeks back that they did for uh folk style the California Folk Style Open, I think it was called, that is sponsored by USA Wrestling. And that seems to be that everyone in California gets together. Uh, and then I think in, in a couple weeks, I believe it is the weekend before the U.S. Open, they will have the California Open. But that will be more for freestyle Greco, um, things like that. So there's also a possibility i remember because uh i participated in that event uh, a few years back and uh normally you get everyone from california is is going to go to that event uh, a lot more than they might be going outside of the state aside from the u.s open uh since the open is you know the u.s open is at vegas so it's a it's a bit easier to travel to vegas from california than it is to go from california to either Cedar Falls, Iowa, or Virginia Beach, right? Uh, yeah, and then that's, like I said, I think these guys are just trying to pick and choose their battles because they don't have the, they don't have the school traveling budgets. They're essentially doing this on their own dime. And if, um, like me, they didn't really have jobs outside of school, they don't have a whole lot of disposable income stuff like that so um I so i'll <clears throat> go ahead no i was i was done okay well i'm just gonna go through i'll, I'll read really quick who who were the winners uh of uh, each division at least for the boys showcase that's the only real uh, article i'm seeing on um on usa wrestling's uh, website but uh just to give you an idea of who the winners were um, in the 16U results at 88 pounds, you had Wyatt Lees from Team Donahoe Wrestling Club. 94 pounds, you had Dominic uh, Munaretto from Tossum Up Wrestling Club. Uh, 100 pounds, Alec Rosas from WWC Predator Wrestling. 106, Quis Huerta from Empire Wrestling Club. Uh, 113, this, this uh, wrestling club probably rings a bell. Matthew, uh, Kellen Wolbert from at one thirteen from the Askren Wrestling Academy. So, ah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that definitely will 
a ring a bell considering is, is that in Missouri? I'd like to say the ask, you know, I know they went to college there, but I can't remember what state they're specifically from. Well, let me let me Google it right now just to make sure. Um, but I mean, uh, I think it's safe to say who the namesake uh, of it is. And uh, let me see here. So uh, the Askren, the Lake Country Askren Wrestling Academy. And uh, let me just make sure if they have. Uh, so they've actually, okay, so they've got quite a few. Um, they've got quite a few academy locations, but it seems that they are all based in Wisconsin. So you've got Lake Country. Oh, right, got- yeah, that, that's, that's where they're from. They just went and wrestled in. Wait, does Wisconsin have a wrestling team? Wisconsin, you mean in college? Or- yeah. Yeah, the Wisconsin Badgers. You know, they're part of the Big Ten. I wonder why they end up going to Mizzou instead. You mean Askren? Yeah. Well, remember the Askren brothers. The brothers were – there was a younger Askren, not as well-known, not as successful as Ben. Yes. So so at least on – at least on, on their, Askren, on, on their website. Name. Yeah. So on their website, you know, they've got uh, the Askren Wrestling Academy – uh, there's five locations in Wisconsin. There's Lake Country, which the main contact is Ben Askren. They've got North Shore and uh, Mequon, uh, and that's headed by Max Askren. And then there's a, a few other um, places, Green Bay, um, Madison, and then Franklin. I think uh, that's probably one of those situations where um, it's like they're, they're franchising it, so they're allowing other – because that happens a lot with big name MMA gyms. Uh, so, right. Well, we don't have a whole lot of exclusive wrestling gyms. Like, I have no idea if, like, for example, the Sunkiss Kids are franchised out. It, it, you know, it's it's hard to tell. Now, one thing I one thing I've noticed, uh, especially around here, is how how you'll have a lot of uh, MMA gyms, especially in this area, and they will try to offer wrestling like uh, classes or courses too and usually they'll get people who were MMA students who then kind of went on and did you know high school or college wrestling and then coming back and 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 doing you know that sort of thing as part of that you know MMA gym or something I've I've seen that you know you'd think that out here in the Central Valley that would be the same thing but a lot of the MMA gyms don't have wrestling specifically and i was actually talking to one of the assistant coaches at west hills who actually wants to change that um mm-hmm. and, and well and something else i found out there are a lot of mma gyms in the clovis area i know well, mma gyms but also wrestling center gyms which would actually make sense considering it's Clovis. It's the, that's, that's. Well, that would, that would make a lot of sense as to why, you know, Clovis can be, you know, those Clovis area schools can be as good as they are. Cause you know, Hey, there's a place for them to go uh, in the off season. Then. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's very interesting. Cause like I said, in the Clovis area, you know, it's that way, but then, but then, like I said, 
40 miles south, there, there's nothing, despite the fact that there's a, uh, there's a community college uh, program uh, in this area. But, um, you know, another thing, though, that, uh, that would probably help out is the fact that there seems like Southern California is this very interesting place because you and I can attest there is a deep wrestling community and just because of the population density there's more there's percentage wise just more wrestlers so I think the MMA gyms are smart in that they know that if they want to appeal to those wrestlers then they're gonna then they're gonna uh, try to reach out to them and do stuff like you know wrestling classes so i i think it's it's very smart it's very strategic well yeah and that's the thing even even with the the size of the state ge- geographically you know when you have those dense densely populated areas you know there's <laughs> plenty of places for for people to go in terms of um you know clubs that they can they can go to and such i think sometimes the problem might be is just um you know, when they're offering, uh, stuff. Cause like I've tried to, you know, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, uh, a club actually kind of a few miles away from where I'm at, but because of my job, you know, uh, and, and the work hours I have, you know, uh, normally a lot of times, you know, like when you, when you want to help out at a high school and stuff, they're normally going to do stuff that's, um, you know, the practices are pretty much going to be after, um, you know, when, when, you know, fifth or sixth periods uh, and what have you. And so sometimes if you're not really involved, you know, like if you're not in education or something, if you're not working a job that's going to allow you to, you know, go at that, at those times, it's hard to kind of to, to help out. Well, you know, I, you know, the thing is with the, the schools that have clubs and, you know, those are definitely going to be the more um, uh, successful uh, clubs. Um, yeah, they're when in the, um, you know, in, in the spring, they're still going to do the clubs typically a little bit closer to school. Basically, you, you know, how I, I don't know how aware of it you are, but typically during the season for the bigger schools, they're going to separate their frosh soft and um, varsity practices. And they're typically going to stagger them two hours apart. And the first, the, the frosh soft is going to be during the, um, it's going to be during, um, uh, what's it called? Um, it's going to be during six period into, I think about four, like, well, uh, like, two or three it's 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 been so long since i've done uh you know since i was in high school but then you know um after the two hours you've got the varsity who come in and they they do their stuff too so typically it's gonna the the clubs are going to be um scheduled during the varsity theoretical varsity hours now unless it's a um unless you're talking about what's it called um unless you're talking a club that's kind of already established there and they kind of do their own thing, they might have later hours. Like, like if you're talking like a year round club that will concentrate on the youth, the kids that aren't, you know, that, that can't, um, 
you know, something like that, then um, uh, it'll uh, then they'll they'll have later practice hours. But typically, yeah, the the club is closer to uh, the um, after school hours, so that the kids can go back right. home and they can, uh, right. you know, shower and eat and then um, and do their schoolwork. So uh, before we before we get into um, uh, talk uh, continuing on with this, so one thing I noticed, Matthew, when I was trying to put my list together of, uh, of all Americans, all the college tournaments uh, this uh, past uh, season, I noticed. So you've got the University of Wisconsin Madison, which is the that is the Wisconsin, um, and they sponsor wrestling at the D one level. One thing I noticed um, is that there are five other Wisconsin campuses at the D3 level, at least five, that sponsor wrestling. Um, And I'll read them off to you. They are Wisconsin Platteville, Wisconsin La Crosse, Wisconsin Eau Claire, Wisconsin Whitewater, and Wisconsin Oshkosh. And the only reason why I was able to find this out was because I was putting together that, that D3 All-American list. And so you had All-Americans from all five of those campuses placing top eight. You know, to me, I think that's amazing that, hey, you know, you've got these campuses doing that, uh, you know, uh, for that, you know, the, because then at least, you know, they can all be wrestling stuff. And, and my thought is, well, why couldn't, why can't the, the, uh, you know, the California campuses out here do that too. You know, there's no university of California schools that sponsor wrestling. And then the Davis only two the Cal state. One. What? Davis was the last one. Right. Davis was the last one before they were dropped. So then the only other, you know, the only two Cal state university schools are Bakersfield and, and Cal Poly, uh, San Luis Obispo, uh, you know, they're the only two schools in the Cal State system um, after Fullerton uh, dropped their program. So, you know, you would hope that things could, could you know, turn around. Hey, you know, maybe there are some, uh, I don't know which, which of the, um, you know, Cal State and UC schools, uh, you know, if they compete at D2 or D3, but probably for all we know that they're all at, D1, considering that a lot of state, San Francisco state has a D2 program. Ah, you're right. Yes. Well, to me, it's amazing though, that they still have that program going throughout all this chaos with, you know, all the, the, you know, the, you know, all the programs getting dropped and everything. And then, you know, programs like uh, Cal Baptist starting up and then going up and then Simpson college starting a program life. Uh, Life University starting a program, Vanguard starting a program. With all this chaos going on, you've had a constant. Oh, actually, you've got had two constants: Menlo and um, and and San Francisco State. They've just all they've just both been sitting up there in the Bay Area, con- consistently producing uh, con- consistently yeah. wrestlers, and they, there was no talk about them dropping their program none yeah and i know for a while also you know uh for a while it was you know it was it was tough for southern california kids to have to decide it's like you know are they going to go up 
the the coast, you know, upstate north to either are you going to go to the 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 Cal State schools? Are you going to go to Menlo, San Francisco State? Are you going to go out of state? And you know, a lot of the good kids, you know, they'll end up going out of state because they're probably going to have more opportunity out there. They'll probably know that they'll get better out there because the California schools wrestling level wise really can't compete when compared to, you know, the further East you go. Well, like for, like, for, yeah, that, that, like, for example, that was something I had to do. Like, Cal State Fullerton still existed when I was there, but I knew for a fact I wasn't going to get in there. So I, so I had one of two options. If I want a scholarship, I would have to go back east. And at the time, there were talks about Cal Baptist starting a program, but that never. But um, that happened a year in, and I, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I thought briefly of should I go back home. Ultimately, I think it was the better decision to stay where I was, but, um, you know, there the was all, we were also talked about, well, if uh, you don't get any scholarships, you can wrestle uh, at a sack for a year and uh, learn under Silva. And, um, you know, if uh, Cal Baptist starts a program, you, you go, you go there. So, <clears throat> You know, there was, um, you know, it was one of those things where kind of had to pick your choose your battles, but, you right. know, yeah. but, but, you know, it's like, you know, uh, like however many years after, you know, at least a decade Vanguard service their program, just like, man, I would have gone to Vanguard. If I'd had the option, I would have gone to Vanguard if they had, would have had me. Yeah. It's kind of 10, 10 years, 10 years, a little too late, but you know, it yeah, is what it is. Yeah, 10 years, and, you know, there was but, a, a college wrestling at the, the four-year level returned to Orange County. But there was also, uh, there's also a lot of other options now. Like, for example, you know, in Arizona, you had Embry-Riddle, their Aeronautical University. I'm not going to go to Aeronautical University. I wasn't that smart. But Arizona Christian also started a program. So it's just, so there's a lot more options now. It's like, if I was unfortunately just in this in-between time where the timing was just bad, if, if I'd, you know, come out, if I'd been born several years later, then there would have been that opportunity to possibly go to Arizona Christian, Cal Baptist, you know, there, there's just so many other options now. Life University started before Vanguard did in San Dimas there, there's just there's a lot more options and it that's good for the sport obviously but it's one of those things where it's just like well but it's also a good thing because it just goes to show that on in those those mid lower levels there's the possibility of expansion so let me just finish up with uh reading off the winners of uh the, the showcase so um, the U16 division, uh, 120 pounds. Manuel Saldate from Gold Rush Wrestling was your winner. 126, KL Seaton from Big Game Wrestling Club. Uh, 132, Alex Braun from Minnesota Elite Wrestling Club. 138, Kane Nat Gaboran from Big Game Wrestling Club. 
145, Leo Contino from the Empire Wrestling Club. 152, Bradley Rodriguez Little from Minnesota Elite. And let me see here. 160, Anthony Reinhardt from Contenders Wrestling Academy. Uh, oh, here we go. So I was wrong. I, uh, I didn't see this. 170, Adrian Reyes. Uh, looks like he wrestled unattached, but he was from California. Uh, he did uh, win uh, the 170 uh, 16U division um, at the tournament. Uh, then you had at 182, De Al Capone from De Al Capone VZ from Legends of Gold. 195, Melvin Whitehead, Gold Rush. 220, Kai Calcutt from Toss Em Up. And heavyweight, Wayne Schmidt from Illinois. And then you have the, the junior uh, division, which is typically, you know, you're 18 under. Um, and that's, I think that that age group also, uh, I think is the same at in freestyle, but I could be wrong. Um, but I think that's your 18 under group. So 100 pounds, Jaden Rinkin from Mortal Athletics, 106 Coulter Burton from Team Idaho. 113 Everest Sutton from Matt Sense Wrestling. 120 Garrett Rinkin from Immortal Athletics Wrestling Club. 126 Robert Balin from the Empire Wrestling Club. 132 Sam Sutton, Ironclad. 138 Regino Reyes from the Empire. 145 Caden Kaiser from South Dakota. 152 Israel Moreno from Sudden Victory. Wrestling Academy, 160, Austin Scott from the Cyclones, Wrestling and Fitness. So that's probably probably Iowa-affiliated. Um, 170, Hunter Hobbs, Team Idaho. 182, Hunter Jones from Ironclad. 195, Robert Plimpton from Oregon. And uh, 220, here's another, oh, okay, here's another one. Mark Marin, the third. Wrestling unattached from California. And then your heavyweight winner on the junior division, Paul Clark from Bulldog Premier Wrestling Club. So it looks like there were two wrestlers from California. Uh, I don't know that I recognize the names, but I'm sure if we were to probably do a search, uh, see how they did specifically at the uh, state tournament, we could probably find that out. Anyway, so that is the results uh, from uh, the, the showcase tournament, at least for the boys' division. So then, Matthew, I want to kind of get into the, the Bill Farrell International Tournament that did take place uh, at the same time. It was a separate uh, – it was considered a separate event from the showcase tournament. Now, the showcase tournament also did have the master's division, which you and I kind of joked uh, – I don't know if we were joking about it or if we're going to be serious about it, uh, maybe trying to do in the master's division next year um, out there if we're willing to go out to Sears Fall. But we could always go and do the, the U.S. Open next year. They do have a master's division for that, too. Um, you know, an interesting uh, – kind of an interesting tidbit, that a uh, trivia tidbit that I came across. Do you know who – one of the people who was crucial in developing master's wrestling – uh, as we know it today. And who would that be? John E. DuPont. The DuPont? E. DuPont, yes. 
Well, as uh, as, tra- <laughs> as tragic as uh, you know, the circumstances surrounding well, him. I, he also you know, developed the concept of a wrestling club. Essentially, I mean, Foxcatcher was essentially the prototype of of modern American wrestling clubs. All the other clubs that were based off of it, the spinoff Dave Schultz Memorial, Sun Kiss Kids, uh, I uh, Hawkeye. Um, I can't remember if it's WC, but you know, all those clubs were the, the prototype was Foxcatcher. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes, you know, stuff, stuff, stuff will turn up in, in ways you never thought of. But that's that's an interesting trivia. That's just one of those that's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's like for like regardless of I don't know if they still have the Team Foxcatcher documentary on Netflix, but you wa- it's like you watch that or you watch the, the Foxcatcher movie with Steve Carell, which Steve Carell did do a pretty good job. I don't know if I mentioned this, but watching his portrayal versus watching actual footage of DuPont it, it's just like well Corel, you did a good job but at the same time there's just like there there's that just there's you could just tell that behind those those eyes there's an insanity that just cannot be replicated I, I I did get to watch the 30 for 30 um, documentary on ESPN I don't know if that's the same documentary specifically but uh, i know that there was a lot of um you know when they talk about the fact that dave didn't really see dave schultz didn't really see the the dangers behind how unstable um dupont was and um like like he he just like he was willfully ignorant or he just he just wasn't observant enough at least from the way that they presented in the documentary is that he was willfully ignorant of how bad, um, you know, DuPont was. And, and he was trying to be a friend of DuPont, you know, because DuPont was, was making, you know, their success possible, you know, given that he gave them the facility, he was giving them the, the money, the sponsorship money for being able to travel and do events and things like that. And DuPont was really wanting to, you know, share in that and that success too. But, you know, just the fact that DuPont's mind was, you know, unstable and such was just a really unfortunate turn of events that, you know, in the end, we know that, you know, it cost Dave his life. And at the same time, a lot of the, there were a lot of those guys that were, you know, when they were there and they were seeing just how, as time was going on, just DuPont was getting more. Um, I think it was, uh, I don't know if he, yeah, he was getting worse. I, I don't remember if it was schizophrenia or something, you know, because he was starting to hear and see things that just weren't there. Yeah. He and, was like, he was like having his guys, like he was having like observation people come in and, you know, listen in the walls. Like he was thinking that there were, people spying in the walls and stuff like that and right. um he had some aversion to the color black and we'll just we'll just leave it at that there was just so much going on in there 
Well, either way, you know, the paranoid schizophrenia didn't, you know, um, change the conviction at all. You know, um, in the documentary that I watched, um, Schultz's grown children talked, and his daughter said that, you know, when they heard that DuPont had died, she was just like, there, she, she basically was like, there's nothing to celebrate. Because some, you know, she, she was asked if, if they were happy about it, and she was just like, there's nothing to celebrate. There, this like this guy killed yeah, my dad. This guy killed my dad, but uh, you know, he he's what is there to celebrate? <clears throat> oh, here's a very very weird request. He requested that he would get um buried in a singlet. Dupont. Dupont, and he was buried in a singlet. His masters. Well, that's another thing. He actually competed in masters tournaments. Right, right. I and and um, you know, in in that thirty for thirty documentary, they would you know, Dave and him had a, like a wrestling match and stuff, and um, you know, obviously, you know, Dave kind of like went easy on Dupont so that Dupont could like be shown, you know, winning, getting his hand raised, and all that stuff. And um, but yeah, you know, he just he would creep out the other guys and and. Um, you know, it, apparently, you know, if, if um, I haven't seen Foxcatcher, the movie as a whole, but, you know, there would be times where where DuPont would actually bring a gun to practice. Into the room. Yeah, into the, into the wrestling room, and he would shoot the gun. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think, uh, of course, obviously, if you have that going on on today, it's like that, you know. Whoever would do that would just, uh, well, first off, you know, you wouldn't be staying around if someone's bringing a, a loaded gun and shooting it off in the, in the wrestling room. But, you know, so I think just, I think the Fox catcher story, you know, at the end of the day is a, is a cautionary tale of, of who, you know, you're going to take money from and, you know, that's that's just my opinion on it. And, you know, people can can say whatever. Oh, yeah, but, it is a cautionary tale. I mean, they, you know, when you look in hindsight, you know, people can have various opinions. You know, people will probably have various opinions about, you know, what what Dave, Mark and the other guys, you know, had to do in order to be successful and stuff. And, you know, you just um you know, I, and nowadays, you know, it's to the point, you know, USA wrestling or just, you know, the way things are now so that it's, it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to have another casualty like that. I, you know, um, you know, obviously Dave was, you know, the best of the, of the best at the times, just when you hear the stories about how he really, worked himself up. He was not a successful wrestler from the start, but, you know, it's just that he goes out there um, being the successful NCAA wrestler and then being a successful world and Olympic wrestler. Um, But yeah, you know, um, I think just, you know, where that, where that goes, you know, and hopefully we won't ever have to deal with that again. Yeah. And, like I like I said, it's it's one of those things where that whole incident um, kind of undercuts Dupont's contributions to right. the sport. Well, and 
something else I should note. Um, uh, in the uh, in the uh, documentary, I said that I was that's on Netflix. Um, they said that USA Wrestling, um, towards the end, they'd basically had enough and they were going to basically withdraw because they'd made so many concessions to um, Dupont. But there was a point where they're just saying this this guy's off his rocker. We need to so. But, but, but like I said, because of all the money that they were getting, they were, you know, they were pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. Who knows if they'd done it earlier, if um, maybe Dave Schultz would be alive now. I mean, it's hard, really hard to tell. But, it, you know, nowadays with the structure being a little bit better, if, if some, yeah, they would have. It's like they would have said, okay, this guy's nuts. We need to, we, we can't have this. Oh, yeah. And, and nowadays, you're going to have a lot more corporate sponsorship, you know, whether it's Nike, Adidas, or, or Cliff Keen, you know, some of these places they're going to provide, you know, they'll provide, um, you know, equipment or something, you know, and then a lot more people are going to provide, you know, spaces and stuff, you know. So, you know, there's, Obviously, like you're saying, there's good and bad stuff that's come out of this. And, and uh, again, it's a learning that that particular part, you know, as far as the fox catcher tragedy, I think would go is it's it's a le- learning lesson that, you know, hopefully, you know, we can all take from that and just move forward. And just see where it goes from there. Yeah. OK, so uh, anyway, um, the, US, the U.S. Open or the. Um... So, so um, I just uh, I was just want to point out about uh, what what they called the Bill Farrell Memorial, and um, so again, uh, apologies to our audience. I'm not too familiar with who Bill Farrell was, but we will be more than happy to probably discuss him uh, in another video. Like we'll probably discuss the, uh, you know, I th- I think going through and and discussing a lot of the accomplishments of great individuals in the past will be something. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, so I just want to go through and, um, math, I'm going to go through here and, uh, we'll see, uh, I'll go through who the, um, we'll just, uh, really quick. Let me, uh, screen share. Cause I will show who the, uh, it looks like on the first day they, um, on the first day, they did the Greco-Roman and women's. So I'll just uh, kind of share that really quick. So, okay. So can you see? Can you see the screen? So where are we at? I think. Uh, okay. So, um, so this was the Greco-Roman results. Uh, the winner was Max Nori at 55 for the for Greco. And uh, Matthew, I think uh, as we discussed, uh, Max Nori, I think he was the Olympic uh, wrestler at this weight class at Tokyo last year. Uh, so he went out and won that. So um, my understanding, at least from reading through on, on the USA Wrestling uh, sites, is that this particular event is a qualifier for the world team trials. So now does that mean he qualified here? I don't know. They do have 
Uh, down below on this same page, though, they will have who qualified for the event. So I'll just read through here and we'll see what we have. Dalton Roberts was the winner at 60 kilos for WCAP. And then 63 kilos, Sam Jones from, uh, I, I got to imagine that's New York, NYAC. So then we are getting up a little bit. 67 kilos, Alejandro Sancho. At 72, Patrick Smith from the Minnesota Storm. And 77, Ravon Perkins from NYAC. Uh, at 82 kilos, you had Ben Provisor, who looks like he wrestled um, unattached. 87 kilos, you had Richard Carlson from the Minnesota Storm. And then 97 kilos, Nicholas Boykin from SKWC. And then 130 kilos, you had Tanner Farmer from the NYAC. I think Tanner Farmer, uh, does that name, that name kind of sounds familiar to me. It does, but it's, I can't, I can't really. Uh... Yeah, I can't really place where, where we heard that name, but he does sound familiar. So we'll have oh, to we look. had a Marine in there. At heavyweight. Yeah. Well, that should not be surprising. A Marine at heavyweight. What 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 do you mean? Marines are not normally known for being heavy guys. Well, I mean, depending on how tall they are, you know, I mean, because they build them up and stuff, they're usually gonna be between I would think 180 and 220 pounds at least, right? And for all we know, he might not, you know, 130. 130 kilos isn't necessarily going to be, you know, like heavyweight at, um, I guess it is. Okay. But, you know, he could be. I imagine this guy being like a Shane Yates. Yeah. I mean, 97 kilos. That's what, uh, 97. For those, for those of you. Yeah. For, for those of you, let's, let's illustrate Shane Yates was for a time an associate pastor at our church and he had wrestled um, in, I, I know he wrestled in high school. I can't remember if he wrestled through college, but he was a behemoth. He was six, would you say six, six? Very tall. He, he, he was a tall guy and his son, Travis was starting to become the same way. And his son, Travis, was actually able to get a, a scholarship at a D1 uh, a championship division school. Yeah, he was a football player. But um, yeah, anyway. But yeah, this, this, yeah, he, he was a, he was a bit, uh, well, and now he runs a, uh, he runs a, uh, what's it called, retreat? He runs a, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, like, it's like a wounded warrior project. Yeah, uh, I think they renamed it Task Force Heroes because the wounded warrior project um, uh, started having issues. So he switched to uh, his affiliation to another uh, um, charity. But the point the point is, he yeah, he's a big guy. So 97 kilos is 213 pounds. Um, 130 is 286, but he, he, I would imagine he'd probably like 240, 250. This, this, uh, Courtney Freeman. From yeah. The he's probably, yeah, he's probably a mid range big, uh, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be like 280 because 
that probably doesn't fly. But um, anyway, so it says here. Now, here's this note below. For the Greco, all champions except Boykin qualified for the 2022 U.S. Pan American Championships team. So apparently that's different from the actual world team trials. Um, I, I was reading somewhere, and I'll get back. Uh, we'll get back into it in a, a later when we're going to talk about the world team trials and such. Um, the Pan American is actually a qualifying event for the world team trials as far as the U.S. is concerned. So I guess, you know, there's there's qualifying against to get to Pan American, and then Pan American is, is used as a qualifier. So if you place at the Pan Americans, I got to imagine that then you're going to qualify for the world team trials. Is the Pan Americans an open tournament? I thought that it was like the, like the world. I thought that it was like the World Team Trials, where you only sent one, uh, one um, representative per nation. Yes, that's my understanding. So, looking at this, that must mean that these, um, all of these wrestlers are going to represent. The U.S. in Greco at the Pan American Championships, based on this result. That's what it seems like. Now, does that mean that these guys are going to wrestle? They may have. They may have like a first, second, and third. You know, I, I think like they've done it before where they have alternates, right? right. I think that's how it's... They have at least one, <coughs> but they might have like two or three depending on the weight class. I mean, it says that they qualified. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to represent. But um, so, again, how that works out, you know, we'll have to find out. Um, so with that being said... Uh, at uh, women's, you had 50 kilos. Emily Shilson from Titan Mercury Wrestling Club winning that division. Uh, 53 kilos for women's. You had Sage Mortimer, who was the only person who signed up for that weight class. This so, is an interesting tournament. Yeah. Because look at all these, uh, like, yeah, look at all these, uh, these weight classes. And it's supposed to be a big tournament for qualifying for the Pan Am Championships, but... And also, uh, you know, and then depending on the division, also qualifying for the World Team Trials. But, you know, it may be because a lot of other people have already qualified that you're not going to have the top wrestlers coming out to this tournament because... Yeah, why, why, why wrestle in a right. tournament if you don't have to? I mean, because I'm seeing that Max Nori up above when I was looking at the list, which we'll talk about shortly. He's already qualified for the World Team Trials, but he decided to go out there and wrestle. Maybe just want to get some practice in, you know? Um, let me see here. Uh, 55 kilos women, Alicia Hawk or Hauk from SKWC is your winner. 
59 kilos. Um, I think this is Hakuno, Moto Pettis. I don't know how to pronounce this, so my apologies. From Rise RTC, she was the winner of that. Um, at 62 kilos, Andrea Schlabach from GVWC. 65 kilos, Nina uh, Mac, I think it's Makem from TCRTC. 72 kilos, Ari Naylor from Georgia had a buy. She was the only person signing up. Uh, 76 kilos, Precious Bell from Titan Mercury uh, was your winner there. So uh, all the people listed here uh, are qualified for the world team trials uh, in Greco and um, in Greco and in women's. And this means that they get to wrestle at the world team trials. So uh, I don't think these are people who had not qualified yet. So like, for example, Cole Smith, who, if we go back up here really quick, uh, see Cole Smith, who qualified at 55 Greco was third place. So that's got to mean these two have already qualified for the world teams trials. If the only person qualifying at 55 Greco is going to be Cole Smith. So I think Matthew, it looks like this was, you know, qualifying some of the other placers. If you meddled at this event, that means you did get to qualify for the world team trials. And um, especially when it came to, uh, you know, like um, this person, Sage Mortimer or Ari Naylor, who, you know, they they were the only wrestlers to sign up for their divisions. Like, hey, you go in, you make the weight. If you don't have an opponent, you're still going to go to the world team trials. I mean, couldn't get any any better than that, right? Yeah, I can't get any better than that. <laughs> Now, does that and that and that reminds me? I that reminds me when I was in high school, I was actually looking to sign up for a tournament. I can't remember which one it was, but I was looking to sign up for a tournament, and I noticed that there was only like several weeks out. There was only like three people signed up. I'm like, huh. Then within the the then within like two weeks, um, uh, like ten people signed up. I'm just like. Okay, this isn't as easy a path as I thought it would be. Yeah. End up not going to that tournament. So anyway, so that that is, you know, that's the Bill Farrell Classic or the uh, Memorial International Tournament. Uh, that's the Greco and women's results. And then I want to go into, uh, this is the, the men's results for freestyle. So let me see if I can find. Okay, so. Here it is, freestyle. You had Zane Richards at 57 kilos uh, from Titan Mercury as your winner. And then uh, at 61, you had Tyler Graff from Titan Mercury. 65, you had Seth Gross from SKWC. Now, Seth Gross rings a bell. I think he may have been a world champion, or I think he was an NCAA All-American, if memory serves me correctly. Um, He's been somewhere up there and he may have qualified for the olympics uh i don't recollect where but the name is very familiar um at 70 kilos tyler berger titan mercury 
Uh, 74, Joshua Shields from SKWC. 79, Chance Mar Marsteller from Titan Mercury slash Annapolis. 86 kilos, Miles Martin from Titan Mercury slash Scarlet Knight. And uh, here's another here's another uh, opponent who really put in the work there, Matthew. Uh, 92 kilos, Nick Lenin versus nobody. And uh, <laughs> 97 kilos, Michael Machiavello from Titan Mercury slash. Uh, there's a name we're familiar with, Wolfpack. Uh, haven't seen that name in a while. And then 125, Hayden Zilmer uh, won over Dominic Bradley. And so your world team qualifiers, uh, as I was reading the article up above, um, the six winners, you have the six winners at uh, six of the winners uh, in this particular division did qualify, plus a couple of second place finishers and third place finishers. So, uh, let me see here. Uh, Shields, Marsteller, Martin, Renan, and Machiavello were the winners of their weight classes, and that qualified them for the World Team Trials. Um, and also Graf at 61. So, Tortoris was a third, uh, second-place finisher. Parker was a second-place finisher, as well as Ashnault, And then Saren Francisco was the third-place finisher at 125 pounds. So in total, it looks like you have 10 wrestlers that, through this event, qualified for the world team trial. So, Matthew, it does sound like, though, even if, you know, you might have a tough time, it's still worth it to go to this event if that's going to grant you the chance to get on, get into the trials, don't you think? Yeah, and especially if you're literally just showing it, we need to research this tournament more because the again the fact that here these guys are they're coming in and they're um they're weighing in and they're literally just qualifying for weighing in. It's just like wow, this must be a very prestigious tournament to where even though you don't wrestle you're you're still qualifying well and one thing might be is that you know um again it depends on how many people are showing up uh you know maybe pre-covid um times maybe there were a lot more people showing up this tournament yeah i'll do some research into how many people are actually wrestling at this event because uh, i think the Biggest weight class may have been eight, but a lot of these seem like that they were five and they were just doing a round robin, which, you know, I would think even, even with that, you know, Hey man, if you're doing a round robin and you're getting to wrestle, you know, four matches, I mean, I, I like round robins, you know, it's like when you're getting to wrestle everyone, cause that's a lot more, that's a lot more matches than you would get with just a double elimination tournament. Right. That's certainly true. One interesting thing I did find in reading this article, Matthew, that I wanted to bring to your uh, attention. So the the um, so this freestyle, the heavyweight wrestlers in the finals were, or well, the guys who were wrestling for the finals were Hayden Zilmer uh, and then Dominic Bradley. So Matthew, here's here's an interesting piece of trivia: is that both these wrestlers um, in their youth 
uh, at the 2007 Fargo tournament, uh, they both won their uh, divisions. So, you know, 2007, and then in 2022, 15 years later, they're they're wrestling in for you know the wrestling for gold at this particular event. So here's here's the real um, thing. So uh, Dominic Bradley, uh, when he won at Fargo, he won in the uh, the 275 pound weight class. So he was a pretty big guy, but uh, Hayden Zilmer, when he won at the 2007 Fargo tournament, Matthew, his weight class was 84 pounds. So he's become a big boy. So that's okay. that's quite a gross. Here it is, right here, Matthew. So 2007, 84 pound Fargo champion meets the 2007, 275 pound Fargo champion 15 years later. And the final heavyweight bout of the night. And yes, so uh, Hayden Zilmer, uh, yes, he did grow up quite a bit, uh, you know, when you're trying to wrestle uh, in a 275-pound, um, you know, that's uh, – and he's not fat. I, I made sure to, to, to look him up. He is not fat at all. And it uh, looks like he did wrestle – he, when, when he got out of high school and into college, he did wrestle for the University of Minnesota. So they were the ones who recruited him. But just, you know, there's this whole thing about, you know, hey, when kids grow, they can really grow, don't you think? Yeah, that, yeah. The, the growth spurts that we've seen on some guys, it's just, wow. I'll just, I'll, I'll, so, which kind of reminds me of a funny story I heard when I was, when I was volunteering for table work at one of the masters tournaments a few years back, and there was a, there was this coach who was talking to another uh, official. I mean, you know, he's a retired coach. So he was helping out with officiating instead of, you know, coaching and stuff. And so he'd be talking about, talked about this one kid who was like a one Oh six pounder, one thirteen pounder, you know, he was uh, getting really good and stuff. And, and uh, you know, he fought really hard. I don't remember how he did, but you know, and, and the coach was, you know, after the season done, was done, you know, the, and he was this little sprawny little kid and, and stuff like that. And so this kid was, and so this coach was figuring, okay, well, you know, he's probably going to grow a bit. So maybe the following year, you know, he'll be like 120 or 126, something like that. And, um, and uh, you know, he, he's uh, mimicking the kid and stuff. He's, yeah, coach, I'll, I'll be seeing you next year and stuff. And, um, <laughs> so, um, the first day of practice, the kid comes back and, uh, and, uh, the coach, you know, this retired coach and he says, and, and I saw this kid and the kid comes in and he says to me, hello coach. <laughs> and, and he had ballooned 50, <laughs> 50, 60 pounds. So he was now like a, a 60 pounder or something like that. Oh, we're we're talking we're talking a short span of time right we're talking yeah, we're talking a year later not well no not even a year later you know because you got your postseason's done in march and then you know uh wrestling season starts about you know you, you start to get preseason stuff all rolling september october but hey yeah you know this this coach is is telling us it's like he comes in he's all hulking he's like hello coach <laughs> 
And uh, uh <laughs> Hello, coach. So he went from a boy to a man within like three or four months. Yeah, that's how you know, you know, again, hey, if you're gonna <laughs> normally, normally you're gonna go up two or three weight classes. That's that's normal. That's a normal thing, but this kid was probably going to go up six or seven or eight weight classes or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, that kind of reminds me of, you know, um, Kyle Cheney, who, you know, we we kind of had a history with. um, uh, And I don't think his brother even got that bit, got as big as he did, but. you remember Kyle Shanae, right? He did. He ro- rolled around at the mats at uh, at uh, SAC. Well, you know, he's from Irvine. The first time I meet him, the first time I rest, first time I meet him and wrestle him, he's a sophomore. He placed in CIF at 103 as a freshman. So um, we're meeting at this. Uh, I think it's. I think I'm like. I think I'm wrestling 125 at this tournament because with the um, uh, the what's it called the. Uh, Right, the uh, weight certification. I couldn't make 119. I still. This was my senior year. I still ended up uh, wrestling 125. Anyways, uh, this was before my injury. Um, but um, so you know, he like I said, he's uh, we're both wrestling 125, and he places 103 at um uh, at CIF, and I place. 119 at CIF and somehow we were seated I was seated third and he was seated second I think because he probably did like he probably either finaled or placed second and then I placed you know fourth but I guess somehow it's seating um uh meaning they were able to justify putting him higher because he placed higher whereas wait it's a different weight class I ended up beating him but, you know, by the time, by the end of high school, he was, like, wrestling in the 140s, 150s or something like that. Solid guy. Yeah, when he, he, when was, he wrestled the he one. He was bigger than his brother. And his brother was, like, wrestling yeah, when, solid in the 140s. Yeah, when he wrestled uh, the one year at, at SAC, he wrestled 141s was, was the weight class he wrestled. Where did he end up going after Cal SAC? Poly. I know he went somewhere in the Midwest. Cal Poly. Oh, oh, about- okay, okay, never mind. Yeah, Kyle went to Cal Poly, and um, I think the first year he was there, he did 49s, but I think he got as high as 65. He got, yeah, he got bigger. Did, did he, he wrestle there all four years? Or uh, not four years, obviously, because if he did. Yeah, he wrestled all three years. Um, I'll have to go back and check the results, but he didn't call, he didn't, he didn't place high enough at, when it was the Pac-10s, he didn't place high enough to qualify for the the NCAA. Well, at least he at least he made it to Cal Poly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's, so, that's yeah, like, you know. That's like also how, you know, what at least Mo made it to Cal Poly. People get pretty big. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, an interesting thing about Cal Poly, um, a certain UFC legend actually went there despite his time in the UFC, he was known as a striker. His name was Chuck Liddell. Mm. That's well, Chuck Liddell was a true mixed martial arts because when he was younger, that's when he uh, got into 
I think Kempo Karate became a black belt, but he also was good enough at wrestling to where he actually went to Cal Poly on a scholarship. So he was a true mixed martial artist. And he actually still lives in Cal Poly. He still, um, he still trains lightly, but I think he still trains at the pit, which interestingly enough, um, I can't remember what, which occasion it was with something to do with, with, um, for, for those who don't know, our, our great uncle passed away, um, like a year ago and he was, uh, he, two years, has it been that long? But, um, he um he lived he lived in Shell Beach, which is near Cal uh San Luis Obispo. Anyways, I realized we stopped by a flower store and realized that's the pit. <laughs> so I go there, but because it's the pandemic, it's closed, and I'm just and I look in there and I think this is where a UFC champion trained. It's a one, it's 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 a small dinky little gym it's not like some of these high profile gyms that i've been to like a string couture or something like that it's a small dinky little gym i don't even know if they even have a cage and i'm just like man and this guy became a ufc legend training out of this dinky little gym yeah yeah that's, that's a little story there so uh, let me see here. So then, Matthew, I kind of want to get into um, who's qualified so far for the for the World Team Trials. Now, um, this article I have from uh, USA Wrestling uh, shows who's who was qualified before this Bill Farrell event. So I'm gonna bring and that now we just up. Have more people qualify. Yeah, so that means more people are qualified. But just to kind of to show you what what we've what we can see so far with this so um as of march 22 2022 um this is who all is qualified so far now um to give you an idea so first you've got at 50 in the men's freestyle 57 kilos so you've got the the world team trials has the challenge tournament and then uh, they have what's called the final X. And the final X is the best two out of three event um, where you find out who's the uh, who's going to represent the U.S. at the, um, you know, at the world championships, at some of the uh, other events. So uh, with that being said, so you've got... Um, who do we have here? So the thing about the final X is that if you have done really exemplary at either like the world championships or the Olympic uh, or the, at the Olympics, like you medal at one of those events, meaning you take gold, silver, or bronze, you're going to get an automatic seed to the final X uh, uh, portion of the world team trials. Now, depending on how you do elsewhere, uh, you could get an automatic semi-finals um, seed at the challenge tournament. So, you know, that can depend on how you did. So, uh, the final X qualifier, uh, Thomas Gilman, who we know, um, he, he was 
Now, uh, some of this stuff, if it's the same person that is qualifying, then um, then they're they're just listing based on their 2021 World Championships uh, accomplishments versus how they did at the Olympics. Now, Gilman did uh, did get a bronze medal at the Olympics. I know that, but it looks like he was the World Championship at the 2021. Uh, championships and stuff and uh matthew i think on my screen your your thing is muted for some reason i i intentionally did that because i didn't want to hear it to people to hear me going (laughs) i'm dealing with i'm dealing with allergies up here it's the valley it's spring we've been having up and down um okay so so far matthew uh looks like there's eight people well at least before the bill Farrell tournament there's eight people that are qualified at 57 kilos you've got gilman who's advancing right to the final X. And then you've got, um, you've got wrestlers from who got as far as it looks like they're seating down to fourth place uh, from the Olympic uh, team trials. So you've got um, Vitali uh, Arujao, who I think he wrestled at the NCAAs, if I'm not mistaken. Now, can, can you, can you reemphasize um, the final X is the, um, the, final qualifying tournament the um so the final x is literally that is the two people who are going to wrestle for that world team spot that's what what that means so you've got what's called the challenge tournament first oh right yeah oh right yeah I, i forgot these guys get buys automatically yes certain people get buys depending on their on their accomplishments in past tournaments now if you are if you medaled at the at the at the world championships or in the case of the olympics you get you get an automatic spot in the final x you know best two out of three and we had a weird year last year because we had the olympics and we still had the 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 world championships right but the world championship was later, so that would have been the criteria. Right. Yes. Um, so, so, and then... The, the, wait, is the challenge tournament to get so, to the final X? Yes, that's correct. So, the final... The, the challenge tournament is to get to the final X. Now... That's in essentially the, the world team trial tournament. Yes. It is. So... Uh, one of the things and that I'm, I know that and again I'm I'm and again I'm sorry. So not world championship weights, these guys get to wrestle in the final X. Is that what happens? Or the no no, no, no. the world uh trials championship tournament? Right. They 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 wrestle in the challenge tournament. So actually Matthew to, to maybe clarify for, for you and for our viewers, so I want to go over really quick about um how how specifically you get to the world team trial. So I'll go over. Um, uh, so here's the criteria um, for free. Sp- I should note that I don't know if I even knew this, even when I was like, you know, like really, really into wrestling, like when I was in a high school or college and I was like paying attention to stuff constantly. I don't know if I was ever as up to date, like knew this. So. So, so here's, here's, here's how, here's how it works. So. Um, so this year, the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament will be uh, May 20th to the 22nd 
at Corralville, Iowa, and that's for all 10 freestyle men's freestyle wins. So wrestlers who meet the following criteria will qualify for the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament, and that's to get to Final X, which is then the best two out of three. So um, this event, which is going to be held in May, doesn't necessarily qualify you for the, for the World Team spot. It just qualifies you to the finals finals, basically, is what that means. So, uh, from there, uh, so then who qualifies? Well, uh, criteria A is the top four finishers from the 2020 uh, Olympic trials, which was held last year. So, depending, you know, that means if you were a top four finisher at the world team at the Olympic trials, uh, you get to qualify. Uh, also, the top four finishers from the excuse me, from the, from the world team trials qualifiers, which I would imagine would have been a different qualifiers versus, um, you know, the, from the Olympic trials. Uh, you also get the 2021 U23 men's freestyle world medalist. So if you were on that team and you got a medal at that event, then you're qualified for that. Uh, 2021 junior men's world medalist. So I'm going to have to go back and double check, you know, because there's so many divisions and stuff. It's like, so how do, what do they, you know, junior, I think means that it, I think it's like age 17 to 19 is what qualifies you for um, being a junior, uh, you know, in, in Olympic style wrestling, international wrestling, I think um, I can never get, the age right for some reason it just you know because you've got junior folk style versus junior freestyle it, it's different categories for some reason i don't well, know and why. then not to mention you had that uh time when you had the weird espoir division that used to exist oh yeah yeah <laughs> what was it what, what was it called it was called espoir and it was essentially a young adult division like i think it was like up to like 20 22 or 23 or something like that. Oh, then you have the university division. Oh, yeah, yeah, the university division. I would think that it's that that it's U23 now, but, you know, it's... Okay, so you've got those. It may be U23. Um, okay, and then NCAA <laughs> one top three placers uh, qualify for the freestyle. Uh, and then you have the 2022 senior pan... Pan American medalist. So if you medal at the Pan Ams, you qualify. Uh, the April 2022 Bill Farrell International highest playing, highest placing U.S. athlete who has yet to qualify uh, will earn a spot. So that means that if, like, so some of these guys at the Bill Farrell tournament, you'll notice again that, you know, they wrestled the 10 weight classes. And then some of the weight classes, you had the second place finisher qualifying and the, the one heavyweight, you know, weight class, you had the third place person qualifying, which means that the other two heavyweights have already qualified for the, for the world team trials. It sounds like some of these guys were just going in there getting some extra, you mentioned this, but it sounds like some of them were just going in there getting some extra uh, wrestling in. For the for the Bill Farrell, 
Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, we had a little bit of some uh, internet issues, uh, so we got cut off, but we're going to uh, resume uh, finishing off this episode so that uh, you know we can uh, make sure that we uh, get to what we were wanting to finish talking about, and that was the, uh, the World Team Trials, Matthew. And um, I know that uh, when I was doing some research between, um, you know, between takes, and uh, I noticed that um, it's really interesting how they have the final X. You know, you've got the World Team Trials. It's set up for, you know, May 20th through the 22nd. And that's in Corralville, um, Iowa. And then they're doing the final X. And as you know, that is where the, the winner of the, of the challenge tournament, you know, which is pretty much the qualifiers for the World Team you know, the winner of, of that will advance to, you know, the first final X slot uh, versus if someone had placed at the at the world championships, then they get an automatic um, slot uh, to the to the final. X. So they get an automatic seating. And uh, when I had been reading about it, uh, they said that uh, if if there was an if there was a different Olympic medalist and a different world medalist at the same weight the olympic medal would take precedence but uh what i've seen uh so far from uh all the wrestlers who are qualified for their seating in the final x it looks like all of those wrestlers if they did wrestle in in the olympics they also wrestled at the worlds so at that point it did not matter so with that being said i did want to um just kind of go over uh, again what the how you qualify to wrestle at the world team trial. So um, I'll just screen share really quick. I'll just make sure that uh, we're able to uh, get that in there. And uh, let me see. I think this is the one. So Matthew, can you see? Um, can you see the uh, the freestyle uh, qualification sheet? So uh, basically, you know, you're going to have the uh, you're going to have the Olympic uh, the Olympic trials top four placers, and you're going to have the the 2021 uh, World Team Trials top four placers. And I would think that you know probably a few of these guys have also qualified. You know, they they finished probably in similar similar results. Um, you know, back to back. But we'll get to that shortly. And then you have the U twenty three, which I believe that's probably going to be the university uh, level. Uh, you've got the the freestyle medal, uh, freestyle medalist for that one. You have the junior men's, which I think juniors is uh, twenty and under, uh, if I'm not mistaken. You've got the top three finishers at the NCAA Division one championships. Uh, you have a medalist for the the Pan Ams. And then you have the highest placing athlete at the Bill Farrell International Tournament, which we had talked about earlier in the episode, uh, that has 
that had not yet qualified. Uh, and then also in uh, category H, you're going to have you're going to have the top seven placers at the U.S. Open, which takes place in Las Vegas, uh, I believe, later this month, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, what's what's interesting about that is is the the winner of the U.S. Open will get the number one seed at the challenge tournament. So they're pretty much in the semifinals of the world championships. Uh, and then last but not least, it looks like they have a, a, uh, so they have a May in May, they'll have a Northeast regional <clears throat> tournament. And that is whoever has yet to qualify, whoever places highest in that tournament will get to go. So math with that being said, uh, I'm going to go to uh, the here's the so this is the updated list from uh, after uh, according to flow. This is the updated list uh, after the Bill Farrell tournament happened. So, uh, again, you have Gilman, who is in the he's in the final X and then uh, who, uh, at 57 kilos and then qualified is uh, third, uh, second, third and fourth at the Olympic team trials. Uh, Vito Arujao, Nathan Tomasello, and Zane Richards. And uh, Tomasello, if I remember correctly, he was an NCAA All-American, was he not? Uh, I think so. I can't remember what school he was. The um... right, yeah. The name, the name rings a bell, and you know, we'll we'll have to go back and and double check. And then uh, you have uh, the first and second place. Um, First and second placers at 125 at the NCAA's, which was Suriano and Glory, and then Michael Tortoris, who placed second at the Bill Farrell tournament. So then uh, you go to 61 kilos. Dayton Fix was the uh, world uh, world championship silver medalist. So you know uh, a bit different result from his NCAA uh, tournament, but you know so that's a big advantage for him. And then you've got uh, Carter Young and Seth Gross, who were the World Team Trial Placers from last year. Uh, Roman Bravo Young, if you remember, he was the uh, champion at 133 from Penn State. And DeSanto was third uh, from Iowa. And then Tyler Graff was the Bill Farrell champion. So, Matthew, I, I think, it, you know, did you um, have a – I know that uh, I was updating you and Dad – when we were watching, you know, as, as the finals were going, <clears throat> excuse me. Did you by chance have a, a uh, were able to watch replays of the RBY versus fix uh, matchup at all? Uh, I did not. Okay. So, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, RBY, you know, he definitely uh, knew what he was doing when, you know, and he scored early on in the, in the match, which was different from uh, the finals that took place in 2021. But, you know, I think uh, as we've seen in the past, sometimes what, what, what trans, you know, what, um, uh, how good you are in, in collegiate and folk style doesn't necessarily successfully transition over to uh, freestyle. Right. Cause so, there are different styles of wrestling. I mean, the, ta- right. the only thing in common are the takedowns really. Right. Yeah. The only thing uh, common the scoring the- is the scoring is different. The criteria mm-hmm. is different. What you do right. on top or bottom is different. It's just, yeah. So, uh, 
So at 65 kilos, they do not have a, a uh, person who advanced to the final X. So they're just going down the list. Um, and it looks like, uh, you know, what, uh, some results were different. Uh, you know, they do have different uh, placers uh, from the Olympic team trials and the world team trials at 65 kilo freestyle. Uh, Jordan Oliver was the wrestler who qualified for the Olympics. Then you have Joey McKenna, Nick Lee, who we know from, uh, you know, the NCAAs, uh, Yanni um, Giacomales, who just won uh, his third NCAA title. And in fact, he's still got a year of eligibility. So he's trying to become uh, another four-time champion. So then uh, you have a couple of world team trial placers, Evan Henderson, Luke Pletcher, and then um, Bo Bartlett, who was a bronze medalist at the 2021 Junior Worlds, and Ian Parker, who finished second at the Bill Farrell Tournament. 70 kilos, uh, again, there's no, no wrestler advancing to the final X, so you've got uh, James Green, uh, Ryan Deacon, Zane Rutherford, uh, Tyler Berger, Bryce uh, Andanian, I'm sorry, Bryce Andanian, uh, Ridge Lovett, who we know uh, was um, advanced to the finals at the NCAAs from Nebraska, and then Anthony Ashnault, who finished second at the Bill Farrell tournament. And um, I think something that has to really, um, and, and something that has to be of note, it's usually it's 65 kilos. That's the Olympic weight, Matthew, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It's 57 sure. and 65, correct? Right. Right. So... Then we're going to go to 74 kilos. And Matthew, are we surprised by who's in the final X? Not really. <laughs> so um, then you've got Jason Nolf, uh, Evan Wick, who we know from Cal Poly. Uh, he was the number one seed, but he goes upset by Shane Griffith. Uh, uh, here's another familiar name that we, we know, Matthew, Keegan O'Toole, yep. the undefeated freshman uh, champion from Missouri. And then you have Quincy Monday, David Carr uh, from the NCAAs. And then you also have Shane Griffiths. So uh, I think, sh- uh, you know, they, they were, you've got 65s and 74 weight class uh, wrestlers trying to get in, uh, you know, at this. So that's not surprising. Josh Shields, the Bill Farrell champion. Here's another name that um, is not surprising that he would be, you know, in the final X and uh, Matthew, I was actually there's a there's another or article which I'll I'll go to a, in a moment. But um, apparently, Burroughs is planning on competing at uh, 79 kilos uh, until 2024, when he will try to challenge for the 74 kilo weight class. And so I'm gonna assume that you know we will probably see a rematch of Dake versus Burroughs, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I believe they didn't they compete in that uh, flow wrestling uh, event. Yes, I think they did. And um, so, you know, Was it Dick I, or Burroughs that came out on top. Uh, you know, I don't remember off the top of my head, but, you know, I would I'll have to if anybody wants to point that out for us and our from our viewers, um, you know, but that's something I'll be more than happy to look up uh, for next week. as. Uh, as a topic. So um, here's something interesting that, you know, I think we're, as we're learning Alex Derringer, 
Carter Starachi. So he had actually tried out for the world team trials last year. And uh, even though he didn't make it all the way, uh, you know, he's still, still a two-time NCAA champion, still got two years of eligibility left. So he's got a chance to really, you know, lead that, that Penn state team going into 20, 2022 and 2023 seasons. Uh, Mekai Lewis, Hayden Hidley from NCAAs, and then Chance Marsteller, who was the Bill Farrell champion. So then you've got 86 kilos, David Taylor, who was the, the world silver, um, Bo Nicole, uh, obviously from uh, NCAA fame, Zahid Valencia, who we know from Bosco and Arizona State. He is an NCAA champion. And then uh, after his untimely exit from ASU, he's still out there making some noise on the, on the freestyle scene. Uh, Pat Downey, Aaron Brooks uh, was the NCAA champion, Parker uh, Kekison, and then Miles Martin, who won the Bill Farrell. Uh, Matthew, if you're familiar, Jaden Cox, he kind of, I, I remember when he had, you know, came, uh, he kind of, uh, you know, obviously from Missouri, and then he kind of just peaked, you know, especially when he got to the 20, uh, I think it was the 2012 Olympics or the 2016 Olympics where uh, he took third, um, you know, there. And uh, uh, from there, you know, he's been still going, which has uh, been something to see. Uh, you got, and then the world team trial placers, Colin Moore, Trent Hidley, Drew Foster, your junior world champion, Rocky Elam, Max Dean, NCAA champion, uh, Jacob Warner, Stephen Buchanan, also the placers at NCAAs, and Nick Renan, who was the Bill Farrell champion. And finally, uh, as we're getting close to it, 97 kilos. So there doesn't seem to be that many wrestlers qualified for the world team trials at 97 kilos. I mean, you know, you've got Kyle Snyder, who is, you know, pretty much the dominant wrestler at that weight class. Uh, then you've got Kyvan Gadsden, Mike Machiavello. Uh, Jay uh, Alo and then Joe Rao. 125 kilos. Now, there's actually quite a few guys here uh, at this heavyweight uh, bracket. You've got Gable Stevenson. Uh, then you've got Nick uh, Jadowski. Except, he just, except Stevenson just retired. Yeah, Stevenson just retired. So, uh, you know, likely we're not going to see this, this slot uh, be filled. Uh, come the world team trials. Yeah, so it would be the it would be the the finals of the qualifier tournament would be the uh, right the 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 wrestlers who advance to the finals will then just go to the to the uh, the final X. So whoever the finalists are in the challenge tournament, they wouldn't wrestle there. They just go to the um, the final X later, a uh, couple months from now. So. Mason Paris, Anthony Nelson, Hayden Zilmer, Don Bradley, Anthony Cassiope, Colton Schultz, who was the runner-up at NCAAs, Jordan Wood, and Sarah and Francisco. So uh, with that being said, uh, let's just take a quick look at Greco. So who qualifies for Greco? Well, uh, you know, the same, same criteria, uh, you know, when it comes to the Olympic trials and the world team trials, uh, basically, you know, um, whoever placed top four at those 
then you also have, again, the U23 and the junior world medalists if they place. Now, here's where things get a little different. Uh, the top five from the NCAA D1 tournament will qualify for the Greco World Team Trials. And then the top three finishers from, and here's, here's where it gets interesting, the D2 National Championships, the D3 National Championships, the NJCAA National Championships, and the NAIA Championships. So they really extend out that, that field quite a bit, probably because of the fact that you know a lot of people want to compete in freestyle more than, uh, than Greco. So, um, Matthew, you think, you know, there's really, there's a real incentive, you know, if, if you're wanting to try out Greco to really um, try to place at these, at these events, don't you think? Uh, it's pretty much, they're pretty much trying to get participation in there. So they're basically saying, hey, if you get these, then uh, you're, you'll get a chance, you know, because if you look at, yeah, we, I mean, we just looked at the freestyle qualifiers and all these guys were, um, yeah, all these guys were, were going to go freestyle. So uh, that's like the top NCAA guys. So th- this is basically their way of saying, hey, if, if you're interested, uh, why don't you come on out? So. Right. And um, uh, we'll, we'll go over that list really quickly in a moment, you know, who's all like uh, qualify or whatever. And I think one yeah, of the things. Let, that- little fun fact, uh, Randy Couture, you know, who was an Olympic alternate and also you know obviously he made more of a name for himself in the ufc but um he um he did his the reason why he did greco he originally wanted to go out for the freestyle because you know he went out for army uh the, the u.s army not 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 um west point but um he uh he went out for the army team and uh, uh due to a clerical error he did Greco and he was just, and I guess essentially he would have had to wait another year because of the paperwork. So it was just like, screw it, I'll go Greco. I mean, you know, he, he was pretty successful. So. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, it's like, <clears throat> personally, I'd love to do Greco, but I need to lift a little bit of weight, uh, lift some weights and stuff and get a little bit more, uh, you know, lose the belly fat before I want to get back into that. Because man, when you get thrown, you get thrown. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. Uh, you remember you remember doing those Greco the Greco in the those tournaments. Yeah, I remember. And uh, you know, it's either you're gonna you're gonna get head and arm, or when when uh, when the person's trying to to really lift you up, man, you're gonna go flying. Uh, especially if you're gonna get. As I recall, I think I did pretty well. Yeah. But again, those Armenians, like Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. I yeah, I, I, I think I told this story, but you know that one Lakewood tournament and you know the I go against the Armenian and the guy if I feel like I'm like, oh no. And wasn't he wasn't he kind of an older guy too? <laughs> he was probably in his thirties. Yeah, he was he was he was kind of, yeah, he was he was a bit on the older side, and you know, it's like you, you're you're a a college teenager <laughs> just going out there and wrestling. I think I was still in high school. I was just doing what I yeah. was doing Greco. And so yeah, the guy the guy gets my girl, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> my life flashed before my eyes. 
Um, so just to kind of, um, and, uh, you know, uh, again, same thing here, you know, Bill Farrell, um, except so for the, for the U.S. Open, it's only the, uh, now, now here's where it gets interesting. And again, like you're saying, they're trying to get participation in Greco. So the top six place finishers at the U.S. Open, either Greco or freestyle, can qualify for the Greco um, team trials. Now, isn't that interesting? They must be really can, desperate to get Greco participants. Even though they do field a, a whole team, it's like they must really be desperate. Maybe they're just trying to get, you know, quality wrestlers. I mean, you know, I, I think and in, in, it really shows how, you know, the U.S. doesn't really do great in Greco. You know, it's all the Eastern and, you know, the... Um, <laughs> You know, like or like the Middle East countries, um, you know, really are you know they're, going yeah, out there. Dominant Greco oh, nations, right? So anyway, and then you've got your north uh, northeast regional, and then um, you know if you were a UWW event medalist, uh, also qualifies. Apparently, was that in here? No. So. Um, that is technically so. If you participated at a UWW event in in uh, and and it looks like a, it it looks like it applies for either style. If you were a medalist at a UWW sponsored event, you can qualify for the Greco team trials. So they really want people to come out for Greco, you know, because um, I you know I'd be interested to see what the participation ratio is for freestyle versus Greco. Uh, at least in the U.S., it's not a lot, and you know, I think, uh, I think it's you know, it's it ends up ends up being fun for a lot of people when you do both styles. I think you know, it's a it's a good thing to have. You know, something I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember if the world teams is specifically for the world championships, and uh, I'm trying to remember if other uh, um, like some of these other major tournaments that we're talking about, like the gold, 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 whatever it is, cup, and the Put up shaky cup and all those other things. I'm trying to remember if they if they're open tournaments or if they might actually have a one nation cap. In which case, I think the world team participant would get the um, would would get the. Um, you're you're asking if if people are going to you know the these UWW events. Is it just one, uh, one wrestler per weight class per team? Is what you're asking. Well, I'm sure that there are actual open tournaments, but I'm, but as I recall, I think some of these tournaments, um, it is a one, uh, one wrestler per nation cap, and it just goes right, which is probably why you you have this. Obviously, the the world championships, you know, this is you know you have it for that, you have this for that. But probably you're right in in some other events where it's if it's if it's just an invitational instead of an open that's what you're going to have. Um, but that's I why think, you have alternates. Now I know that the Dave Schultz tournament is an open tournament because I've seen I've seen where like you know even like um, and um, that tournament is pretty prestigious because you know you're going to have people from outside of the country uh, participating in it 
I know that Japan has gone in there uh, quite a few times. Yeah, and, I, I was going to say, isn't it, mo- being that's in the U.S., it's a mostly U.S. Um, um, attended tournament, but it's just that it's got international fame because obviously. Yeah, it will have international competition. I've seen how, you know, I've seen where Japan has brought people in and they've brought more than one person for weight class. So anyway, um, so just to um, cap that off with uh, who, so who is qualified, you know, on, on, um, let me see if I can find. So I do have a tab open of who is qualified for the Greco. And um, I think, let me open up my tab really quick here. Ah, yes, here we go. So this is, uh, this is as of um, last, now they didn't update who's qualified for, uh, who qualified via the Bill Farrell. Uh, Actually, I think they did, but, um, so let me go to Greco. So who do we have for Greco? Um, you've got Max Nori, who we saw won the Bill Farrell, Brady Coons, Dylan Dufield, Jacob Cochran. Uh, so who is – and it looks like right now there's no one that's really um, qualified for the final X in Greco. So it looks like it's kind of open, open – you know, it's an open field right now as far as that goes. And I'm – uh, you know, not to not to use up too much time, you know, if we're going to go over and see, it's like, who is there anybody that we really recognize? Um, if I'm looking at it right now, not really. Um, you know, just people here and there. Um, I doubt that's that's our familiar Pat Smith. Right, because every, you know, everyone's competing in freestyle, so everyone will know uh, the freestyle um more than the greco but up up there we go there's a 97 so there is a final x at 97 uh giangelo hancock who was the world bronze medalist at the 2021 championship sun kiss kids now matthew actually here is so here is um here is something that is uh here here is a familiar name now do you remember adam coon uh, that name is definitely familiar. So Adam Kuhn was the Michigan wrestler who was the pretty much the challenger to, to um, Kyle Snyder during his run in the NCAAs. If you remember, um, Kuhn beat uh, Snyder at their at the duel, I believe. But then Snyder then- came back and won the championship. Right. Snyder had to come back and, and, and um, Snyder was giving up somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds uh, on Kuhn. Uh, so I guess Kuhn had, you know, used that to his advantage. So Kuhn's a big boy. Yeah. Kuhn is a very big boy. Yes. So, um, but he was the Olympic. qualified in two weights. Uh, now, I don't know if they're showing that for anybody, although um, Colton Schultz. Now, wasn't he, if I remember correctly, Colton Schultz, maybe I've got that. 
Okay, so Colton Schultz is here sitting at 125 kilo freestyle. And he's also sitting here at in, in, in the Greco. So it looks like he's qualified for two um, two weight classes. Isn't that something? Now, is he going to take both of them? I don't know. Hard to tell. Is that but, theoretically possible? So there actually, a long time ago, there actually were people that competed in both styles in the Olympics. A long time ago. Well, you know, like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll just throw an example out there. You know, when we went to the, the, the USA wrestling tournaments, we do freestyle and we do reco. It's like, that wasn't very. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was, it was a natural thing to do. Yeah, but that's at like a little tournament where it's like, you know, the Grecos were always round robin. There weren't that many participants to begin with. And then depending on if you're doing the open freestyle or the, the junior freestyle, you're going to get thrown into like an eight-man bracket or you're going to get thrown into another round robin. So, um, you know, it's like something like that's not that easy, but it's like when you're talking about this kind of a stage, it's, um, you know, it's kind of a it's yeah, you've got you to concentrate on one or the other you'd have to be a really gifted athlete like you know like gifted and talented yeah let's let's face it this person would have to be like the michael phelps of wrestling right <laughs> and when we talk about the greats we talk about Corell and he was a greco guy we talk about gable pri- primarily um yeah they were single style wrestlers yeah, they were single style wrestlers. Gable, John Smith, Kale—they're you know—they're all single style wrestlers. So, yeah. I I do know that there was a there was a wrestler way back when who actually did compete in the in the Olympics in both styles. So I'll have to look up that that wrestler, and uh, you know, it's definitely something. You know, that's definitely a topic that we can, you know, for like just phenomenal wrestlers uh you know adding to our list of, of guys that we want to talk about yeah like the the six-time ncaa champion right so with that being said um you know so this is this is where we are uh at at greco and then to kind of uh, finish up our discussion about the the world team trial qualifiers so far uh so what's yeah, going on with say, let's go over women's yeah, so, you know, uh, the women. Basically the same thing here up to, you know, you've got, again, the qualifier, you know, the placers at the qualifiers. Um, oh, they, they changed the name of the, the Women's Only Association again. They had another W in there. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, you know, the NAIA championships, uh, you know, first and second place uh, only. Uh, and then the first and second at the national collegiate women's wrestling championships. And I, I take it that that's going to be other than NAIA. That's the, um, that's the, cause remember the NAIA having a championship is a very recent thing the, mm-hmm. that that was the women's exclusive um, championship that start that had started before 
before the NCWA, before the NAIA, before any anybody else. And of course, um, what's it called? Um, in NCAA wrestling, it's uh, in the NCAA, it's an emerging sport. They don't even have a national championship yet. Right. So that that would mean that so, those programs would compete at the NCWWC. Right. Though so at the rate they're going, I think it's safe to say that there probably will be a. Uh... Well, with the with the you know where programs are constantly being added, you know we see that you know probably every you know two three months that a new programs being added. I would say you know probably within women's wrestling got be women's wrestling is going to make it out of the emerging sport program. There were some emerging sports. I've seen that the result of that program, some started and then never made out of the program. They never met the the 40 program minimum. Others got out and they're currently, they're still programs to this day. I'd say probably two, three years, we're going to see an NCAA championship. Now, it'll probably just be one division because there's not, that's probably, you know, it's probably going to be one division because. Obviously, Iowa is the top program when it comes to D1 that has women's wrestling. But then you're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, D2 and D3 programs, I think, that have been uh, emerging out of that. And then obviously, you know, you are probably going to be seeing, you know, again, NAIA. You've got NJCAA programs that are probably going to come up. You know, uh, the 3C2A, which is the California Community College, um, you know, uh division right you know they've got the you know california is interesting because the community colleges they 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 act as their own kind of governing um sports entity separate from the njcaa so you know a lot of this a lot of the schools are coming you know they're coming out and announcing that they're going to be you know sponsoring officially sponsoring women's wrestling now um, you know, in recent years when they've had women participants at the uh, 3C2A level, you know, they've been kind of competing at the same time as, as the, the men's season, but they've been kind of wrestling each other, but it's not really been anything official. They've been having to go to some of the other women's events that have been going on throughout the country to get really any uh, official results. But now, so, you know, because the schools are starting to officially sponsor women's wrestling. I think you're probably going to see a three C two a championship probably soon as well. Let's yeah, let's, let's face it. Any growth of the sport is, is like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what sex. It doesn't matter what division. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Any growth is, uh, Oh, like region, like with Washington DC, we're starting. It doesn't matter. Growth of the sport is good, regardless of the and, level. And here's here's another thing: I part of the sport grows, we all grow, we all benefit from it. And and another thing I'd like to point out: so it's it's been made known that I think as of right now, I think there are three uh, colleges uh, right now that sponsor women only for wrestling, which is interesting. Uh, where? Um, I'll have to look it up. I saw it on, I think it was like, uh, it was either Wrestler Report or somewhere else that I saw that, um, that there's those three schools 
um, sponsoring women only. And well, that's probably can, because they never had men to begin with. Well, you can or either that or it's been so long and there's right. just no resources like tech. Like Van, Vanguard, when they restarted the program, it had been something like 40 years. Yes, so, it's been a long time since Vanguard came back. So, yeah, so yes. you're, you're essentially, you're, you're starting from scratch, essentially. So if, if, if these colleges in question had a men's program, then it was just so long ago that, you know, you're starting from scratch. Like those, those mats have probably rotted away somewhere. Because let's face it, wrestling mats, if they don't, if they're not taken care of, they, they, the materials and stuff like that, they rot. So, Matt, let's look at who's, who's qualified and let's see if we're recognizing any names uh, for the women's side. You know, you and I, we, we find, we, we follow some of the big names here and there, but, you know, let's, let's see who we got. Uh, Sarah well, Hildebrandt. Yeah, I was about to say, we have a very, very familiar name right there. Yeah, Sarah Hildebrandt, um, you know, she uh, medaled, uh, I believe, at the Olympics, and then she was a silver world medalist. Uh, and then you got Victoria Anthony, who I, I talked about. Um, you know, uh, she came out to Santa Ana College and did a, a girls I'm wrestling kidding. clinic. Yeah, so uh, she's out there. And then, like I pointed out, she's also been doing some MMA or jujitsu. I, I believe it's more jujitsu than MMA that she's been doing. Uh, actually, uh, I got that it's wrong. Taxi. I've seen her doing jujitsu. But I did see her doing an MMA match too. So she's been kind of all over the place. She's exploring her options. Yeah. Um, so, and then, uh, so they actually have quite a few uh, women qualified at 50 kilos because, you know, just based on medalists and stuff, you've got these five and the non world championship weights, uh, the NCWWC and the NAIA um, placers. Uh, are all oh, life life university life university i believe uh this this particular life university is actually in georgia uh i think we had covered that because you got life pacific which is the one in san dimas but then you got life university in georgia right the the last year's uh nai champion. right yeah last year's nai champion so do we know anybody at 53 kilos i'm not Certain that I'm seeing anyone, Matthew. Um, so, you know, but again, they all—they're all qualifiers and, and the, such. The, the non-championship weight classes that I'm seeing are—I'm uh, seeing—I'm seeing familiar um, uh, universities, but I'm not. I don't know where the McKendry started a program. Huh. So, 55 kilos. Uh, you've got so. Uh, there's the Jenna Burkett, who was the um, ah U.S. Army, yeah, from U.S. Army. Um, Marissa Gallegos sounds familiar. I'm not sure where I've seen her at. Yeah, the name she sounds does. familiar too. I can't remember where. Has she been involved in MMA at all? No, no. Uh, that's probably another Marissa. Um, so then uh, they do have uh, the qualifying, uh, again, the top two placers from the... Southern NCAA. Oregon, really. NAI, yeah, Southern Oregon does have a university. Oh, there's, there's a familiar name. 57. 
Okay, so you're, someone, uh, someone came back with the vengeance. Yep, your teammate Helen Marulis, um, yeah, she won the world championships this time around. So she's really she's really out to, you know, make a statement. I think uh, I think she wants another gold medal. Oh, I'm I don't doubt it. Hey, if 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 Kaori Icho can get four gold, you know, four Olympic gold medals. Helen Marulis definitely has a chance, you know. Wait, Kaudi isn't the gal that, that Helen beat, right? No, uh, Saori Yoshida was the gal that um, Marulis beat. Uh, oh, she beat Karellen's record. Who? Oh. The, the Kaudi uh, Icho. Kaudi Icho? Uh, yeah, but Rome then it was actually... Three. Yes, but it was... Um, there was a there was a Cuban Greco Roman wrestler who actually did tie Kaori Icho last year at the Tokyo Olympics, and he tied it in Karelin's weight class. Oh, so yeah. In fact, here I will uh, four time Greco Roman uh, Olympic <laughs> champion. Uh, yes, uh, Mihain Lopez. Uh, yes, he was the he was the four time uh, Greco Roman champion. So Cuba's also one of those places who has surprisingly uh, good wrestling. Yes, good, good. Uh, and I, I know that you had uh, what? What's his name? Um, Yoel Romero. Yeah, yeah, your boy Yoel Romero in in the UFC. Run for his money. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was viewed as a. Uh, I remember he was viewed as a rival of Kale. And um, yeah, but he wanted to explore other options and make money. So he he at at a uh, at a tournament in, in uh, Germany, he said, "I want to peck." So uh, fifty nine kilos. Yeah, who could blame him? Yeah, uh, fifty nine kilos. You know, not really seeing anybody of, of note. Again, you know, we haven't, we're trying to get back into this. So not really following everything. Kayla Miracle uh, advances to the final X at 62 kilos. Uh, am I seeing anybody else out here? Not really. So then 65, you have another qualifier for final X, Forrest Molinari. Um, and then 68 kilos, you Wait, know. Can you go back up a little bit? Yes. McKendry Bearcat WC. I didn't I didn't think just from the name of it, it sounds like McKendry University might have a, a wrestling club attached to it. Probably. Cause the Bearcats, that's their mascot. I didn't mm. think they had a um a club attached to them. So 68 kilos, we've got Tamira Menza stock. Um, and uh, just seeing a, a couple of uh, women here and there. Uh, 72 kilos, you've got some girls qualified. Uh, 76 kilos, you've got uh, Adeline Gray uh, directly great. in the final X. So uh, with that being said, uh, you know, so from here on out, again, you know, you got the Pan Ams coming up. Bill Farrell's already done. The U.S. Open, top seven finishers. 
you know, go to both women and men's freestyle. Um, and then you've got the Northeast regionals and then any UWW event uh, between October and May 1st, 2022. So with that being said, Matt, a uh, final thing that, uh, you know, Flo did a, an interesting uh, thing about of the wrestlers qualified for final X, you know, who will we be seeing? Uh, they wrote an article because uh, it seems that, you know, there's uh, there's some insight into, you know, who who is who is going to be declaring. Now, uh, apparently, uh, they have until May 4th to declare whether or not they're going to accept the spot in the final X. Uh, if they don't, then, um, you know, if, if they don't, I don't know what specifically happens. I would assume that if they suddenly decide that they want to attend, then they might have to wrestle through the challenge tournament. You know, it's uncertain how that's supposed to be. But um, and then also, you know, because of the way that the dates are set up, you've got June 3rd and you've got June 8th. Here's what I have to assume is going to happen is that they will probably split up the weight classes. I don't think they're probably, you know, because, because of the fact that it's going to be, I think there's what, 10 weight classes per style, I think in, in, um, uh, you know, in world, uh, class competition, you know, you, you get it down to, what is it six when you get to the Olympics? Yeah. So I, I guess that would make sense then if, if they're dividing it in two between, you know, you're doing 15 weight classes the first week and then you're doing the other 15 weight classes the second week. I mean, I didn't realize that there were so many weight classes, but I guess they're, you know, at least they're encouraging people to, you know, compete, right? This is pretty new and it might have been because of that Olympic scare. Because mm-hmm. because we, we know a lot of uh, sports that have, like there's track events or swimming events. There's a lot of events that are in the world championships of other sports, but that are not in the Olympics. So this might be one of those things where they kind of realized, well, we need to, um, you know, after almost not making it in 2020, we need to uh, step this up in order to get participation. So they probably thought, you know what, let's uh, let's add um, weight classes, and then that way, you know. Yeah, because I, I, I know that that was a constant complaint from people, you know, not just here in the U.S., but I think it was a constant complaint, the fact that there were only, you know, I think in, in, non, in non-Olympic weight classes, I think it was eight was, you know, the oh, max. Seven. seven, well, no, because it used to be seven, seven, four. Seven each for freestyle Greco and then four for women. And then it became six, six, six. Right. And then it became six, six, six. And so, you know, it this, you know, thing about, you know, again, yeah, people were not happy with the weight classes, uh, you know, and then ILC was going to drop, you know, wrestling. So then, you know, and, uh, you know, great thing about our sport is we, you know, when we have to get united, we can get united <laughs> very quickly. Yes. Very quickly. So, so here, here, here's what, here's what we have. So, I don't know how this will work out, but, um, so yeah, you've got, again, you've got, um, you got 
Final X is the first one in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So I have to assume it's going to be at Oklahoma State because that's what, you know, that's what's in Stillwater. Um, and then the second one will be at um, Madison Square Garden. And I have to assume that they're probably basing these weight classes on which ones are the really popular ones to watch for. So probably you'd have, you know, if, if uh, like, for example, okay, so here's who Flo is assuming is going to accept. You've got Dayton Fix. Uh, you've got Kyle Dake. And so, you know, Kyle Dake's a real big draw. So I think that's probably why they're putting his weight class at Madison Square Garden, which is, you know, you can fit a lot of people in Madison Square Garden, Matthew. Not to mention, he's from that. He's from the, you know, Cornell, uh, you know, is, is that's essentially, it's, he, Cornell's uh, in New York? Uh, it's either in New York or really close to it. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's well, it's in New England, so. Right. It's, it's an Ivy League school. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially his backyard. They got fixed. You've got uh date. Uh for scrolling about a bit. Burroughs, you know. Uh no surprise there that that his that, that weight class would be at um uh Madison Square Garden. Uh 86 kilos. They're assuming David Taylor is gonna declare. Um and then Kyle Snyder, obviously. I mean, I think I think Kyle. He wants to get that feel of uh, Olympic gold back, uh, especially since the last couple of times he's had to um, wrestle Ibrahim, uh, 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 the Russian. I think that's uh, definitely something that he wants. Uh, you know, I think closing it out with a gold is probably something he definitely wants. Of course, depending on how long this war lasts, Ibrahim uh, may not be at the Worlds this year. Oh, true, true. Uh, you've got uh, Giangelo Hancock, who's the, the Greco 97 kilo uh, wrestler. Um, and then Hildebrandt, uh, 50 kilos women's. Uh, Burkett, um, 55 women's. Marulis, obviously, she, she'll probably declare, which, you know, shouldn't be surprised to anyone. I mean, she obviously wants that gold, too. He's from Maryland. Uh, Kayla, no, that's Kayla, Kayla Miracle. Forest Molinari. So here's who they think, you know, there's really, they don't know yet who, who might attend or, or whatnot. So Gilman, so looking like um, what I'm reading from this, it looks like Gilman actually was hurt. He's been hurt for a while. You know, he did wrestle at the Worlds, but um, he has not participated at all this year. So that's why they're assuming that he's questionable. Uh, but you know, just because you haven't competed doesn't mean that you won't be at the, uh, you know, final X. I mean, you know, maybe he's just kind of saving himself up. Who knows? You know, maybe if he if he is nursing an injury, maybe he wants to make sure he's completely healed uh, before uh, declaring anything. You know, it's hard, hard to say right now what that would be. Uh, and then you've also got... Uh, so this, this one's interesting where they're talking about, you know, Jaden Cox, um, you know, he, he is qualified for 92, but, um, uh, you know, he, he did try out um, against Snyder last year and uh, he did lose, but, you know, they're speculating that, you know, he might try to move up to 97 and, you know, maybe it might be a, a permanent basis. Who knows, you know, uh, 
you know, I think sometimes it's, yeah, when you're wrestling in a certain weight and then sometimes it gets uh, too hard to cut. I mean, you and I, we've both been there where, uh, you know, I was on my last legs trying to cut to, to 121 in my last tournament. And, um, you know, I'm sure it was hard for you, you know, when you were getting towards the end there, you know, wrestling at 125, right? Uh, yeah. So, and then um, Tamira men's a stock. Um, she hasn't wrestled at all, but, you know, does that mean that she's not going to compete? You know, hard to say. But I don't know if that's really an indication that, you know. So, if she's questionable, you know, I mean, but maybe she's, she's maybe like Gilman. She might have an injury. Who knows? Um, hard to say. So, um, then there, and then there's the talk about her possibly joining Dota Eagle and the, 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 the Gable route, Gable yeah. season route. Yeah. And speaking of Gable, um, so he is one of the people listed as not likely to go. Um, you know, he is, uh, you know, he left his shoes on the mat and then he showed up at WrestleMania. So, you know, he's probably not going to be in there, but Adeline Gray. So. You know, she Olympic medal, well, you know, world medalist. Uh, but uh, she recently announced that she is pregnant. So, you know, what for that happening? Yeah. So there's not really much that you can you can do about that given the timing and such. But um, so you know, they're they're saying, well, okay, will she will she continue after she's had her child? And, um, you that know, I th- very interesting question. So here's, uh, so I'm going to talk about this. So, um, there have been multiple women in MMA who have had kids and then come back and competed. Juliana Pena is the best example. She became the, the UFC champion. So, but the question is, well, is wrestling, uh, that much of a different sport that it would affect somebody. I like it would be interesting to see just go back and see if any women who did well on the world level had a pregnancy and then tried to come back. I mean we'll we'll uh-huh. have to really see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so that that concludes our segment on the on the world team trials. Uh, so with that being said, Matthew, um, so so to kind of close out, you know, that's where we're at right now. And, uh, you know, so that the next big event for qualifying for the world team trials is going to be the U.S. Open. And um, uh, I did find uh, Flo did release a list of who has signed up so far for the for the US Open. And again, this this list is very preliminary because it's, you know, a lot of people who have declared intention, but what you're going to have is that, you know, you know, you're you're so many weeks out from the actual tournament and as we get closer, you're going to see that list exponentially grow. Um I think the I think sometimes those brackets can get as big as you know forty eight to sixty four wrestlers <laughs> in a bracket. Like how many days is that tournament? So the whole event itself takes place over five days, and so during that time, 
And I'm very, very sure that they, you know, given, um, did I, and um, I talked, did I talk about how I, um, uh, that I officiated uh, at a freestyle event over the, over the weekend? You did. Yeah. That's bronzo, right? Yeah, it's bronzo. And it goes by really quick. I'm assuming this is not one, I'm assuming it wasn't just a, a standard USA wrestling tournament. No, it was just, you know, get the kids together, have them do the stuff. But, you know, some of that stuff went really quick. You know, like I had one, I had one match where kid executed, a, uh, you know, got in a, got in a, a, a double leg, lifted the other, his opponent off the mat. And, you know, in freestyle, you can just go wham them, you know, on their backs, right? Because that's legal in freestyle. Do they, do they still do the five-point end match uh, slam, or did that did the rule change? No, so, so no, it, that, that, that doesn't exist anymore. That was, that was, that was four or five points. You can still score five points. It's just that you have to score 10-point advantage to get the tech. And again, you know, you have to it, execute it's, two of those essentially. Right. But, you know, I got, so I got one kid who picks up his opponent after he gets a double leg, slams him on his back, and then the kid doesn't move. So, hey, and, and, you know, in freestyle, you call the pin as soon as it happens. You're not looking for a silent two count like in, in folk style. So, anyway, uh, I, I tried going over the list, I, I, I brushed over it. I didn't really see anyone. You know, um, noteworthy from California. You know, uh, I don't know. Something, speaking with something weird when I first came over here, I had never heard of the concept of a touch fall when uh, when we were in Japan. It's like that must have been some kind of weird um, U.S. concept because it's like I come over here and I hear the concept of a touch fall. I'm just like. That doesn't exist here, or the, the, I was just like, that doesn't exist in freestyle wrestling. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like what it's like one touch. It's like no, that that doesn't happen. Yeah, but nowadays, what happens as soon as you touch, you you can call a fall as long as the official and the and the the ring judge agree. Again, you have to have two out of three judges agreeing that the fall happened. So, um, anyway. So, with that being said, uh, you know, have I seen... Okay, so I I do see uh, there is a wrestler, David Sands, um, from California. And the reason why I know him is because I believe uh, he wrestled for Mount San Antonio College uh, in this last... Uh, 3C2A season. So uh, that's how I know who that, that wrestler is. Um, other than that, from California, I mean, I'm, I'm going over this list. And, um, you know, there's there's guys here and there. Uh, 74 is a pretty extensive list as far as U20, uh, the U20 division is concerned. Um, you know, so it's pretty big in terms of the U20 um senior not so much right now but i'm sure that it'll get bigger again once we get 
uh, the ball rolling and we get close to it. And then obviously you'll have people that'll just walk up, you know, they'll do a walk, walk in um, registration and all that. And that's where, that's where the tournament will really make its money is the walk-ins because they're paying, you know, way more than if you had pre-registered, right? Um, just to confirm, if you pre-register, um, do you get to weigh in the day before? I think so, yes. You get to weigh in the day before. If you do a walk-in, I think you have to weigh in the day of. So there's obviously that advantage to pre-registering and weighing in the day before because you can rest up a bit. And, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember like the ma- the major events they had day before weigh-ins, but obviously like the USA wrestling tournaments, like they're not gonna have the the um, they're not gonna have the ability to weigh in day before. And then for USA wrestling tournament, why would you? The the smaller obviously. Math, I think you and I, you know, we should probably, you know, we should uh, again. You found your open room. I have my open room. We should really try to get ourselves, uh, get back into training. And, uh, you know, I say, Hey man, let's go out and, uh, let's go to Vegas next year so we can compete. And heck man, I'm open to competing in the seniors and the, and the masters just to see how it is. Ah, we'll see how it goes. I might want to go to microcon next year. Okay. So, uh, uh, what that is, uh, in this, uh, podcast, but so math with that being said, um, I think, uh, we'll go ahead and, uh, sign off. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we've had a lot going on. It's been, uh, you know, pretty long work week and stuff, but Hey, we're, we're getting through and, uh, let's see how more interesting stuff comes up. And uh, for our audience, I think, you know, we're as uh, as we're building up to, you know, obviously the uh, the U.S. Open and uh, also the Cal Open, I think, is coming up. But, uh, you know, I think we do want to start talking about some uh, some of the wrestlers of the past. I think we just want to see, you know, how they were, what kind of a world that they wrestled into. So I think we'll try to see uh, which great wrestler we want to talk about in that time. So. Matthew, again, where where can we where can our audience uh, find um, us right now? Uh, we are on for our visual uh, podcast. We're on uh, YouTube and Rumble, and for the audio podcast, we're on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. New platforms to be added, and uh, we'll also be uh, we'll also be. Um putting out uh i do want to start putting out uh some stuff related to uh, sumo wrestling also to uh japanese wrestling uh because of our connection to japan and uh also be hoping to put out some stat videos about uh ncaa's uh cif tournaments and such so hoping that you'll be uh enjoying those and uh also be looking for clips of our episodes, which are, it uh, turns out, at least on YouTube, are possibly more successful than the actual podcast themselves. So, yeah, that's, uh, we want to, we want to get those, you know, get people in with those clips, uh, you know, because we do want to, we, we love, we do love wrestling and, uh, you know, sometimes we're a little bit out of it, but I think, you know, it's just two guys I want to talk about how things are in the wrestling world, uh, especially with how things are right now. 
So anyway, Matthew, and then also I believe you are on MMAfreak.com. MMA-freak.com. So uh, Matthew does do uh, MMA coverage, so be sure to follow him there. Uh, he's also on uh, Twitter, uh, at Matthew Salter. On Twitter and Instagram. And uh, also for the MMA, Matthew, uh, what, what, what do they need to follow on Twitter for? At MMA Freakout. Okay, Matt. So with that being said, uh, thanks as always for, uh, for providing uh, insight into uh, how things are in the world of wrestling. And uh, to our audience, uh, we'll be seeing you very soon. Take care and have a great week.